Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Kelly Sullivan Walden as we talk about the power of dreams. Kelly, we're talking about the bedroom colors and you said stay away from purple. Stay away from purples and reds. Red is also the big no-no. So the the colors that tend to provoke you are, and even orange. Orange is too stimulating. It tends to create... Um, stress in the body, even if it's hmm. on an unconscious level, even if it's your favorite color, that's the colors that science has proven uh, creates more calm. It are earth tones or even blues. Um, those colors tend to be the best for for your sleep zone. Not even bright whites. We want things like to beige and stuff like that. Yeah, earth tones seem to be best. They they seem to give us some kind of an unconscious sense that we're, that we're safe, that we're calm, and that all is well. It's really, we're, it's not about pandering to our conscious mind, but our subconscious mind. Our conscious mind might love purples and reds and orange, but our subconscious mind is, want, is more of an animal. It's wanting to feel like we're in a safe cocoon. And, um, and also, we want to have we want to have the doors and windows in a particular way. There's a way to be able to arrange your bed in a room so that you're, according to feng shui, in the commanding position so that you're, you're facing the door at, at an angle, as if to say, like, if some intruder were to walk in, you'd be able to see them before they see you. And unconsciously, our mind tends to feel more relaxed as opposed to if our back was to the door, we wouldn't sleep as well. We wouldn't be as peaceful as if we were in the commanding position. So there's a few simple physiological mm-hmm. things that we can do to set ourselves up to have better sleeping and better dreaming. Kelly, have you dealt with precognitive dreams, lucid dreams, and dreams like that? Oh, yeah. Yes, for myself as well as lots of people come to me with, with these kinds of dreams. And I think when it comes to precognitive dreams, the rule of thumb is that we don't necessarily know they're precognitive until something happens to prove that, um, that we did, in fact, see the future. There's a shamanic belief that is that we dream everything before it happens. So if we were, we, we dream three to nine big dreams every night, and most of us, even those of us who are really into dreams like myself, will only remember a few dreams. Yeah, maybe why one. is that? Why, why do we only remember a few? Because our, our, the, the part of our mind that is doing the dreaming is our, it's, it's located in like our limbic brain, our association cortex, our, our um, limbic brain versus the part of us that does the thinking in our waking state is mostly our prefrontal cortex. So it's literally like a changing of the guards or passing of the baton. In the moments that we wake up, our brain chemistry, everything changes. Our, we, we go from these deep alpha waves, theta waves, delta waves, to suddenly beta waves. And it's like changing a radio station. It's going from listening to coast to coast to all of a sudden listening to a hard rock station. We don't change. We never change. But if you're in the groove of listening to you, George, and then all of a sudden there was this abrupt, er, and all of a sudden we're listening to ACDC, we might, we might forget the brilliant words of wisdom that George was just imparting to us because of that abruptness. So it's like that when we wake up. So if we don't wake up gently, 
if we don't spend a little bit of time deliberately on the bridge between worlds, between sleep and awake, most of our dreams will be lost. So most of what I teach people is how to extend the dream bridge as long as possible so that you can retain at least one piece of one dream. If you're able to pull that over, then sometime during the day later you might get other pieces and other pieces and other pieces. And it is a muscle. We can all get better at it. Where do nightmares fit into this, Kelly? Nightmares are actually the unsung heroes of our dreams. So Really? Um, yes. Heroes? Heroes. Yes, most of the time. Now, there are exceptions, but most of the time we can consider that our subconscious mind and our dreams, every one of them, come to us in the service of our health, healing, and wholeness. Now, there are exceptions where, like under, under the case like we were talking about earlier in the earlier segment about dream interference, sometimes those unpleasant dreams aren't necessarily our own subconscious mind. They go through our subconscious mind's filter, but our dreams, even the scary ones, are trying to show us, like mo- some of the most dramatic nightmares, are they're trying to wake us up to a pattern that may be dysfunctional in our lives. Here's one example, and this isn't even uh, psychological. This is just physiological. My grandmother, before she passed away, about a year before she passed away, she kept telling me that she was having dreams that she was being choked. And the truth is, those dreams were so upsetting, they would wake her up. And it turned out she was choking. She wasn't sleeping in a way that she was getting optimum breath. So her dreams were trying to wake her up and let her know that she was choking. So some people that have sleep apnea that don't know it because it hasn't been diagnosed, and sleep apnea is where your your um, airwaves are blocked and you don't, you, don't, you don't get all the oxygen that you need. In fact, sometimes you're not breathing at all. Some people with undiagnosed sleep apnea will have horrific nightmares that are so disturbing that it will wake them up so that they can get a breath. So in some ways, you you could consider that most nightmares, and I'm giving that most, not saying all, but most of them are, are doing the same thing for even emotional issues. Maybe if you're, if you dream of being killed or somebody trying to attempt to kill you, it could be that there's a part of your own subconscious mind that is telling you there's a, there's a behavior that you have, there's some pattern, there's some thought that you are repetitively thinking that is killing you. You've got to stop this. You've got to wake up to this. Or if you die in a dream, you might consider that that pattern that was dysfunctional is on its way out. It's been killed so that a new part of you can be born. Are you thinking I'm crazy here, George? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Just on the verge. Okay, good. When we get calls, uh, some people may want their dreams interpreted. Will you do that? It would be my pleasure. I want to. I want to make sure that people know, though, this is really important because, especially, there's there's been Harvard studies done on this recently during the pandemic. More people are reporting having nightmares during this time, and they oh, they're uneasy, sure, right, and they are they're tending to follow a particular pattern that really relate to COVID and and what we what we're being locked in about. So there are a ton of people having dreams that they have. COVID, even if they don't, but we could say that even these dreams are trying to help us because in some ways they're helping us to, if we did get it, they would help us 
to be coping or they're telling us to be cautious, to be mindful about where we're, where we're at and who we're hanging out with. And they're also, in some cases, giving us solutions about how to heal faster. Um, I know for myself, and this may be true for some of your listeners, I've had a lot of dreams where I'm in a public place and I'm grieving not being able to hug. George, you know, I've met you in person. I'm a hugger. Yes, you are. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, I'm a hugger. And so, of course, my dreams have been about me hugging people and it not going well. And I remember, oh, my God, I can't hug these people. (gasps) So I wake up and it's reinforcing, Kelly, not now. Save your hugs for later. In a few months from now, hopefully within a year from now, you can have all the hugging you want. But my dreams are trying to help me psychologically come to terms with the fact that you've got to refrain from this very natural behavior. I know a lot of people are having dreams about being around people or touching and, and, and kind of grieving that they're not able to do that. So it's interesting to know that we're not alone in these dreams, that there are many, many of us, millions of us having these same dreams. Can you enter somebody's dream, Kelly, not to influence them, but to harm them? Not to influence them, but to harm them. Physically harm them. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna go there, I know there was a movie like that. I think. Oh yes, there have been. I and I can't think of the name of it. There was one with Jennifer Lopez years ago with that, with that. But I know a gentleman who um, will remain nameless. But he worked for NASA, and he was also. Um, he he is an amazing character. You would love him, George. Anyway, he was on a special task force that was kind of um, along the lines of the movie Men Who Stare at Goats. Um, did you see that? I'm sure you saw I, that. I've seen that with uh, George Clooney. Yes, yes. Well, that wasn't just a movie. That was definitely based on, on real things that are that are happening, kind of the psychic warfare, so to speak. And from his perspective, he... Okay, this is what he taught me. He said, first of all, this will scare you, but then this other thing will give you some hope. He said, if we knew what was going on psychically from other places that didn't mean us well, he said that it 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 would absolutely create so much havoc that we would have a difficult time focusing and being able to stay here. He said, but here's the thing. If we... Like, there are adverse forces. There are. However, he said, what is our best inoculation to that dream interference is this. Now, this might sound like a tall order, but I think it's why we were born anyway. He said, we must become the most enlightened versions of ourselves that we can possibly be if we can seriously take our our spiritual growth, our bringing in the light from our our source, wherever we call it, whether whatever our religion is, bringing in that light into our physical being and into especially our dream and sleep state because that's when we are the most vulnerable, then we cannot be harmed. Somebody can truly mean to harm us, but if we have been spiritual warriors and filled ourselves up with light and created enough of a shield around us, we can prevail. And that is our mandate. It's, I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm saying it, hopefully, to get people's attention so that they'll take their personal spiritual growth a bit more seriously and raise it up a notch, or two, or three. How did you get so involved in dreams? 
How did this all start for you? Oh, George, when I was very young, I, I have four sisters. My sister Shannon, who is closest to me in age, she's a year and a half younger than I am. She and I seemed to always have a bedroom together in whatever configuration our house would be growing up. And we had a very, and still do, have a very psychic connection with each other. And we would have tandem dreaming as little girls where we would be in the same dreamscape at the same time with one another. And this would be confirmed over breakfast cereal the next morning. One of us would start talking about a dream and the other one would finish the sentence even though it had nothing to do with what was going on in our waking life. So we didn't know that this was special. We just thought everybody could do this. But we really, it was, it was like our game. We couldn't wait to go to sleep. We were the little girls that our mom and dad didn't have to make us go to bed. You were ready to pop into bed. We were ready to go in. It was like, what's going to happen tonight? Where are we going to go? What are we going to see? And we would be, not every night, but often enough that it was, it was a regular occurrence that we would end up in each other's dream. And so that, because I had a partner in crime, so to speak, it became a regular thing that I would go out of my way to remember. Now, most kids have excellent dream recall. It's just as we become adults that we start to, it starts to wane. But because of my sister, I kept remembering dreams because I had somebody that didn't think I was crazy when I would tell her my dreams, and she would also share them with me. So then I became a hypnotherapist, and I realized that our dreams are the language of our subconscious mind, which, as a hypnotherapist, the subconscious mind is my territory. And I realized that when people wanted to change a pattern, if I had them come into our session and tell me a dream, and we could work inside of a dream, the therapy would progress so much more quickly than if we were simply talking about the problems that they wanted to change on a cognitive Level. So to me, dreams have become this, they're, they're sort of my tarot cards. They're the way that I get in and understand a person right. more psychically, but they're also the way that I think that people can change more rapidly and quickly into the people that we really want to become. It's pretty traumatic, isn't it? Dreams? Traumatic? Well, dr- dramatic, yes. And some, some dreams can be traumatic, oh, that's for sure. And I think they're incredible, but we don't have to. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we talked about this before. On one, you know, I've been with you before, but to me, this bears repeating. One of the things that people can do if they have a traumatic, dramatic dream, there's a way to be able to finish the dream so that you are empowered. And this it doesn't mean lucid dreaming because most people that are listening to the show right now, George are not going to be lucid dreaming. There's, there's a few that have a particular talent and that are really naturally good at it. But most people aren't going to become lucid dreamers. And there's a way to be able to influence your own dream, even if you're not a lucid dreamer. And I'd be happy to give you my little formula. Real quick, go ahead. Okay. So, I, so you can do this in your waking state through a meditation by, by simply thinking about how would I prefer that this dream would end? This is something that I've been doing for years, and it turns out at Harvard they've been doing this very clinically. They call it imagery rehearsal therapy, IRT. It's where you simply imagine an outcome of a dream that you would prefer. So if you're being chased by a zombie apocalypse, for example, not that you know we want anybody to dream that because that would be unpleasant, but if that were to happen, 
you imagine, okay, if I was the director of this dream, how would I change things? So you could all of a sudden imagine, oh, I have the button. I can press pause. I can wake these people up out of their slumber. These zombies can all of a sudden become beautiful. Or you become a giant and they become tiny little ants. Whatever it is that you, your imagination dreams up to have you become the powerful one. Your dream isn't over until you are empowered. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.